Hi there, my name is C. I'm D, and you're listening to. Swinging, swinging Down, Down Under. Under. Our journey is a couple through the swinging lifestyle. lifestyle. Are you into open relationships? Or exploring new things in life? This is our podcast. Join in. Experiences. Both good and bad. <laughs> Reviews and events. And more here Swinging Down Under. Come on. Join us. This is C. And this is D. And this is Swinging Down Under, episode 69. Did you just sprung that on me you know you realize that right like i was just you said you were going to do some testing and then like bam we're on yeah i did so d is currently down down under he's currently in australia and we're skype recording this interview because that's how technologically advanced d is so welcome to episode 69 today's a big one because we're going to talk about episode 69 it's episode 69 exactly and position where nobody's satisfied and what better way to celebrate episode 69 than talking about our favorite sex positions this shit can't write itself am i right the what like shit can write itself man no like yeah it writes itself yeah yeah (laughs) yeah okay so we were talking about sex positions later in the episode at the end. We've got two recordings from some of the people that attended our Perth pub crawl, so we're going to play them for you at the end of this episode. But for now, let's kind of jump into a few announcements just real quick before we get started. We will be announcing a new segment on our podcast today. So we would like to show the world a little bit more about sex positivity, sexual experiences, exploration, and really everything to do with sex in other countries. So we are wanting to, on every second one of our podcasts, interview a couple from somewhere else in the world for about half an hour. That'll go on the end of our podcast, all about their sexual experiences and and really what how culture kind of plays into that. So if you are in another foreign country, anywhere in the world, then please do reach out to us on cnd at swingingdownunder.com. We'd love to get together with you. Uh, upcoming, we've got some guy, actually a guy from New Zealand. We've got a couple from Toronto, Canada, some people from, I think, uh, another Can- Canadian couple, so all around the world. So we're really wanting to bring forward some of that differences in, you know, how people express themselves sexually in other countries. And what, you know, the the history of their country, how it plays with their sexuality. Yeah, really. Because, you know, oftentimes, I'm just getting a bit sidetracked, but oftentimes Dee and I will talk to other countries about when something as not simple, don't get me wrong, but something as common as when we lost our virginity, right? And some people from certain countries or certain cities within those countries they lose their mind a little bit like, whoa, that was young, whereas that might be the average age for perhaps an Australian, whereas the average age for another country could be totally different, right? Yeah, we've certainly seen that already. Yeah, and then little things like, you know, bondage or uh, tantric sex or sexuality. Little things like bondage. (laughs) Little things like bondage. (laughs) Just a a little thing. It was just a small paddle. There was only like little knobs on it. It's fine. Just these little things. Just little things, yeah. So if you want to catch up with us every second podcast about half an hour, we would love to hear from you. We want to bring a little bit of information to the listeners about how people are exploring their sexuality all around the world. So let's get together and help uh, people understand a little bit more about your culture through sex. Yeah, it's like how we understand people's culture through food, but totally different. Exactly. <laughs> well, it is kind of food. can be food, I suppose. can be food, on- right, 
So, Dee, I've done my homework. I am curious whether or not you've done your homework about some sexual positions. I've got the lingo what down. Do I've done got the your, descriptions. What do you mean you've done your homework? You've, you've done some searching on Google. I, I know my favourite sex positions because they're my favourite sex positions. I mean that I've had a manicorn here all week and just been, like, really trying to figure it out, like, what's good, what's not. No, that's not what we were yeah, doing. Absolutely. Sorry, I, I missed no the problem beat. With that. I mean, you probably should have just told me his name before you started. That would have been the polite way to go. If I knew his name, I'd probably mention it. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's, that's okay. Fair enough. So he's just been, like, coming around, has he? Hasn't really left. Uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit awkward, really. I don't really know how to get rid of him now. So... Especially since you don't know his name, you can't say like, hey, you go away. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go first. These are in, actually, I'll do one, you'll do one. These are in no particular order of like my. Why are they not in particular order? Shouldn't, because... they, shouldn't it be prioritized? The bit, the top, your, your favorite sex position or your least, not least favorite. But Well, I have like seven. Doing... I've got like my top seven. Shit on. Okay. Okay. Now, yeah. this one, most people will know. I would imagine, reverse cowgirl, also known as Rodeo Drive, halfway around the world. I didn't didn't really realise that, but it kind of makes sense, like it's 180. So reverse cowgirl technique, of course, the guy lies on his back, the lady is riding him but facing away. Is that your number seven? This is in my top seven. Reverse cowgirl, why I like it for, for me personally is because I think that you can get a lot of movement out of it. You can, like, stay upright, vertical, and bounce that way. You can kind of, like, lean forward and, like, grab his ankles and ride his cock that way. And I think there's, a, like, a, a lot of movement that you can have on it. And obviously, for, for me as well, I know what he's seeing behind me, so that also turns me on, like, understanding what his view is. And I like playing to that a little bit, you know, like just, like, riding up the top of the cock to on the tip and just bouncing a little bit there and then going deep and stuff like that. So that's a great position for me. Um, also can be really good if you lean forward. You can get some um, clitoral stimuli, stim- stimulus there as well. So that's a lot of fun. That's my one of, in no particular order, my top seven. A few questions. Yep. How do you obtain clitoral stimulation? Well, using my hands, but I'm just saying, like, it's oh. a good... <laughs> So I'm just curious, yeah, I was just curious as to how you, like, because I'm thinking my testicles are, like, not up that high for you to get clitoral stimulation from my testicles. So I'm just trying to figure out, you know, where it No, where and it there's, probably not enough, uh, there's probably not enough force field in them to be able to rub well enough to, to get that stimulation. So, no, it's my hands. I'm just saying it's a, it's a good lean forward. You can rub at the same time as you're kind of bouncing up and down. There's free movement. Uh, there's not, like, anything in the way gotcha. to stop you from touching your own clit. Gotcha. Okay. So that's actually my number one. Fuck so, off. Uh, that's my favorite uh, position. Reverse cowgirl is your number one. Yep. Why do yes, you like it? it? Why do I like it? Because of all the things you've just described. You know, the view is uh, pretty awesome. And also I get to play with your cute little arsehole when I decide I want to. That's true. And you are a fan of watching um, watching a guy's cock slide in and out. What, there's a term for it, right? Yeah, there is, but I can never remember no, what it okay. is. I like. I actually, I'm sure somebody will tell me, but it's uh, when you see the the pussy stretch on the way out and sort of like just cling that extra little bit to the penis. As yeah, like the down. folds of your labia menorah yeah. and majora, kind of like pulling down a little actually, bit as you're coming up. Kind of, it's actually kind of your vagina. I'm going to say, just kind of stretching out a little bit. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Um, I actually really liked that. For those of you who remember, I really liked it when um, there was we were with a single guy who had a immense penis, and he was doing that with you. You remember that? Remember discussing that? I do remember us discussing that situation. I don't remember us actually doing reverse cowgirl. I actually thought I was. No, you didn't do reverse cowgirl, yeah. but his his cock was immense. He didn't need reverse cowgirl to achieve the same sort of thing. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, so what is your second one then? Since we'll start with you now. Oh, why are we starting with me now? Okay, fuck it. I'll go again. I don't care. Um, <laughs> David Copperfield is my. I don't know. I have no idea what the fucking David Copperfield I know. is. It is also known as the trick or treat. It is uh, apparently the sex position is the pièce de résistance for women who prefer a strong upward stroking motion. Basically, it is me lying on my back and D giving me cunnilingus and there's a pillow underneath my hips, so it's raising my pelvic bone um, for better uh, abilities for D to get in there and it's him giving, yeah, so cunnilingus, me on my back. My legs and my knees are up over his shoulders and I'm on a pillow. So if you can imagine my hips are raised, so my pelvic is raised and my knees are uh, up and my legs are over his shoulders and he's giving me cunnilingus. So apparently it is the best way to amplify oral efforts with a slight possible sleight of hand trick in, uh, in there as well. So in other words, it gives the, uh, because my pelvic bone is raised, uh, it gives D the option to give me cunnilingus and at the same time he can use his fingers to penetrate me and uh, get my G-spot. So that is definitely up there. Apparently it's called the David Copperfield. I would have just called that the missionary of going down on a chick no but my knees and my legs are up over your shoulders you see so that's not always the case like mainly when a lady is getting cunnilingus her legs are just spread they're not necessarily up over the top and uh pelvic bone elevated so that's the difference why i like it because it's uh uh, delightful and so it's it's the the woman who enjoys the missionary of going down on them are you hating on my position that I've chosen? Is no, that what's no, happening not at all. right now? No, no, I just, I just because you're you're enjoying it. Right? That's that's the whole idea. I mean, as soon as I've found that as soon as a woman starts enjoying themselves, I actually use that as a bit of a measure when they start to lift the pelvis and and push the leg, you know, lift the knees up and back as well. I, I, I thought that was kind of a, a measurement that I was going all right. Well, it's the David Copperfield or the trick or treat. That's the uh, that's the sex position. By the way, I was trying to figure out today how many sex positions actually existed out there, or what the number is. I think it's around two forty, two forty five, two forty seven. I found very different websites uh, suggesting that it was you know kind of around that two forty mark. So I'm going to call it two forty, but somewhere between two forty, two hundred and fifty different sex positions out there in the world. Oh, I think there's a lot more than that. Anyone who's ever read the Kama Sutra, no, Kama Sutra has like. 245. Yeah, but that's not all of them. Well, according to the interwebs, but I could be wrong. If you practice or know anything about the Karma Sutra, please let us know. Pretty sure there's no DP in the Karma Sutra. Well, there you go. Nor is there DVP, nor DAP, nor what is it, TAP or TP? That doesn't sound right, does it? No. Nobody wants TP. No. Mm. Well, people do want TP, but no, yeah, I think we know where I went there. There's dead silence on the line while we wait for you to decide (laughs) what your next sex position is rather than talking about that. My next sex position was the the dog. That's my second favourite, I think, the dog position. Your second Um, favourite? Now, there's there's some additions to that. 
because uh, we certainly had somebody give some guidance on this, somebody I was listening to about using a pillow as a uh, thrust uh, increaser. Thrust enhancer? Yeah, by like grabbing the pillow either side of, of the lady and pulling them back with the pillow whilst thrusting forward. Yeah, so the pillow um, the- goes underneath their hips and you can use like one pillow or two or three for increasing, yeah, yeah. and then going into like a dog down position. But you can also then use that one pillow if you had it underneath them and to hold on to, which also stops you from needing to hold on to other things and then like, yeah, fuck them with the pillow. Yeah. Just making sure people knew the pillow wasn't over her head, that's all. Yeah, there's a few things I I really like about that. Um, There's certainly the, I mean, obviously the penetration and, and the dog gives quite deep penetration for the guy as well but, but also i like sometimes feeling that i'm in charge and that certainly gives that feeling whether it's the case or not i really enjoy it when a lady decides that she's going to you know really throw herself back at at me as well that's really sexy when you know she gets into it i like the fact that i can possibly reach their hair and give it a tug if they're into that sort of thing Still like the exposure of the arsehole. That's you know a little bit of fun as well. But mostly, I like the ability. One of my fa- well, probably the favourite part for me on a lady's body is the the top of the hip as it comes back in to give the definition and curve that goes along with that. That is where my hands go. You've just made me horny so, by your explanation of that position. <laughs> good. Why aren't you home for another week? This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so that's um that's really cool. So and additionally when I'm when I'm thrusting it's nice to see the movement of the like the just I'm gonna call it the, the thrust waves as I as I hit her ass. You know, I can see the the mo- that movement also wave up through her skin. That's really quite cool. All right, well I'm gonna skip forward a few because I also had the man's best friend down as a sex position that I liked, also known as doggy style. And yeah, okay. There you go. So this one benefits deep penetration and an erotic view. So everything that you've explained there, D, but probably slightly more sensual way of explaining it, maybe, I don't know. Yep. Um, technique. This could be your next move. Entering fr- her from behind, you'll be able to thrust deep so that the tip of your penis touches her cervix. An open, neglected, sorry, an often neglected pleasure zone, but if you did it slowly and gently, some women find it painful, which is very, very true. Um, it is a great position. I quite enjoy it. I do enjoy thrusting back on D, but two things that I will say, and we, and we use pillows a lot. Like we we use sometimes the one pillow for him to grab and like, you know, fuck me. We use sometimes three pillows to elevate me a little bit and I can use those underneath my hips and I can then lean forward in a bit more of a, like a downward dog type motion. Um, it also then that position opens up ability for me to then use a toy on my clit as well, because there's extra space then down there if I'm slightly elevated in the hips. Um, and yeah, and it's a great position for that. But yes, it absolutely can. You know, if you aren't ready for play, or perhaps you're with a particularly, um, you know, a shape that definitely hits your cervix, it can be quite painful, or it can also irritate you a little bit. So it's uh, yeah, definitely important, I think, for play partners um, to 
understand the the depth and understand the the capabilities of the particular one not the capabilities but the the shape of the lady um when they're playing especially in a swinging environment because i know for example d you have um, done this move on a number of ladies and perhaps they've found it slightly uncomfortable and you've had to kind of shift around a little bit yeah yeah absolutely i mean you find it uncomfortable with me sometimes as well depending on on whether we've uh, had a lot of foreplay, or we're just getting down and straight into it. You know, the, the, the just the extra relaxation of your vagina makes it can be either a pleasurable or, or something not so pleasurable for you. Yeah, and for those ladies out there who experience, sorry, D, this is a bit of a sidestep, but if you do experience um, things like urinary tract infections, UTIs, or things that you know you you are irritated after play. Sometimes, depending on the penetration level, the the dog position can actually uh, irritate you a little bit more. And so you may find that after certain positions during sexual play, you're more susceptible to getting things like a UTI, um, purely just because you've aggravated the area. So that's just something to be uh, be mindful of, but it's a fucking hot position and I love it and and now I'm horny from your description of it. Thanks, Dee. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Perhaps you're your um, manicorn that you've got there will be um, <laughs> hanging out in the background. Yeah, <laughs> actually, my man. vibrator ran out of uh, charge last night, so I got to go put it on charge. It's pretty pretty serious situation here in the uh, the C and D household. Well, it's the C household just now, but yes, the C and D household absolutely. Yes. Nothing but porn. Okay, <laughs> gift porn. I'm going to go now. You do love your gift porn. <laughs> you do my love your next gift porn. Uh, sex position is the pretzel. The pretzel? The pretzel, yeah. It's also known as the pretzel dip and the camel ride, which was super weird for me. Um, I've never heard it called this, so let me explain it. But um, this is basically where uh, you take a lady who's been lying on her back and shift her slightly over to one side. She's not fully on her side, but she's basically pivoted almost in like a diagonal position. And the guy will get on, uh, basically go into her and penetrate her in a, a sitting up motion, but one leg is over the top of him and the other is underneath him. So it's basically like a spoon, but he is um, upright, sitting upright, and um, she's kind of like off to the side. So sometimes D, like, for example, on the weekend, we were spoons fucking, and then you got up and penetrated me from a sitting up motion, and then you put my leg over one side of you. So that's the pretzel, if I can explain it in that way. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure there's any other way to describe it other than the way you just had. Yeah, it's a tough one. But um, the benefits of this as well, it's a deep penetration. So it's like doggy style, but you're face-to-face a little bit. But, yes, you can get quite deep um, in, in your lady. And I guess that's one of the reasons why sometimes we're doing it as well because with the similar motion with the pillow and the doggy style, you can grab my legs and my body, my hips, and, and again, really penetrate me. But with this particular position, I mean, I can shift around and I can move, but I don't have as much control as I would if we're in the doggy position. So it really relies a lot on the guy. But basically, yeah, so you kneel and you're straddling her well, left leg perhaps over you and she's lying on her left side and that's going to give you an idea of that. And I can post a picture up of this on the podcast to show people what the hell I'm talking on about. On the line? On the line. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not, I mean, that doesn't fit in, certainly not into my top top seven, not even into my top ten, I wouldn't think. It's, um, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly an interesting position and sometimes I, sometimes I do enjoy it, but uh, not all the time. 
Yeah, and if I'm going to say a downside with that particular position, it's probably the ability to stimulate yourselves, like touch your clit while while he's fucking you as well. So for me, um, it's good, but definitely it's not something that we will uh, generally, one, use very often or two, you know, use frequently uh, in terms of like constantly throughout a sex session. We wouldn't just use that one position. We tend to, if we do use it, it's because we're doing multiple positions in one sex session. Yeah, I would agree. You're up. Oh, am I? Sex um, position okay. to batter up. My next in line would probably be uh, anal, but from the front, so missionary anal. Now, we mentioned this recently my- to someone and they were like, oh, we haven't tried that before. Um, so, I don't know, do you want to give a little bit of detail? Because I didn't add this because I knew you were going to add this one, so I didn't actually put this one down. But do you want to talk maybe about the first time we did it and then why you like it? Yeah, I mean, the reason I, I like it immensely because you get, I suppose, for lack of a better term, the excitement and slash dirtiness of anal, but I, I also get to look at look at your eyes, look at your expression, that sort of thing as well, and, and understand what you're enjoying, not enjoying. That's what I like about it. And sometimes we do. So I'm on my back. Again, it's missionary anal. So I'm on my back. D's facing me. Sometimes we put a pillow underneath there, but I don't know. How how often would you say we actually push my pelvic bone up? Well, not that often because it's quite a full-on position anyway. So it doesn't really require a lot more, a lot else to really push that along. I think that's what I think anyway. I don't know that it needs anything more to make it, to get it more erotic. I mean, it's pretty erotic the way it sits already. Yeah, and I think personally that one of the benefits <laughs> I keep going back to and the ability to stimulate your clit um, is that you can not only can I get in there, there's a lot of room to, to use toys on myself, my fingers, my hands, whatever on myself. D can do that too. He can use his hands, his fingers to stimulate me either internally to hit my G spot with his fingers or outside externally on my clit. But then he also gets to see all of that. So it's like anal with benefits. He gets to see all of the extra interaction. Whereas if we were just doing doggy style, like he knows, he can feel, he can maybe see or feel the vibrations. If we're um, doing doggy anal and I'm playing with like a vibrator or playing with my clit, he can, he knows what's going on and he can get that excitement. But this way you get to, you get to actually see it. Yes. It's, uh, it's amazing to watch and also really quite, can be quite full on as well in terms of, you know, what you're, what you're kind of getting away with, you know, it's like a, a sneaky, sexy anal. That's definitely end play too. I wouldn't say we don't generally start our sessions with that. I think we generally finish them like that's our finishing. If we, if we're going to do that, we know that we're going to come quite quickly. And so we'll actually use that last. Yeah, that would be fair. I don't think we've ever kind of come back from that. If <laughs> It's always like a finish game, like a game finisher. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Totally I wish I could agree. add a sports because reference is, in there, but. Because it's fucking awesome as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. Next one for me. So the next one is the G whiz. Okay. This one is also called the shoulder holder or the anvil. Does that give you a guess on what it is? No. Okay. Not even in the slightest. This one as well allows G-spot penetration and targeting the G-spot, and it is basically missionary with him straddling over the top of me and my legs over the top of his shoulders with him leaning down as well. So he's kneeling between my legs. 
I'm raising them over, resting my calves on his shoulders, and basically he can just fuck me that way. This position as well I think gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of me moving and rocking backwards and forwards, actually able to then, you know, give some thrust, and then also at the same time D is able to, you know, control what's happening as well. Okay. Yeah, that's called the G-Wiz. The G-Wiz, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like you like it. It's, I mean, just legs over shoulders is what, you know, it'd be normally known as. Well, I, you know what it is about that too? I, I don't know what, I kind of feel like that's a sexy, very feminine um, position for me. I don't know why, but it just, it feels like I can be, I'm like a, a woman in control, you know, I'm, I'm okay with my sexuality, kind of throwing the legs over the top, having a good time. I, I don't know. That's just kind of how it feels for me. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. All right. You're up. Um, the next one down for me would be, uh, I don't know the name of it or even if it has a name, but you face down with your, uh, laying down flat with your legs together and me fucking you from behind. It's called the flat iron and it's my next position. The flat iron. Yep. It's called the flat iron, also known as the downward dog or the belly flop. <laughs> I, feel like that's, I feel like somebody's just been making up titles for this. <laughs> like I don't think it is actually, you know, anything well that's what it's called and apparently it intensifies vaginal pleasure and so she lies face down on the bed knees slightly I was going to throw it out there and say it we've got a clothing optional pool hotel takeover coming up in Miami we've only got 20 rooms left and if this sounds like your tribe your people you wanting to have some fun for three nights four days in the sun come and join us May 31st to the 3rd of June We've got We Got A Thing, Casual Swinger, Expansive Connection. We've got the Hump Day Quickies and we have That Hot Couple in GA. So three nights, four days of fun in the sun for our Swingers Hotel Takeover in Miami. This is the last time we're hitting this location. So come and join us. We would absolutely love to see you. I just announced the themes inside of our community and they are going to be banging. We've also got the Casual Toys Luxury Playroom in the penthouse that's coming back for 2024. It is definitely a sight to be seen. So if you're all about having a party but making connections with genuine community, come and join us in Miami. Head to libertineevents.com and find your way to the Miami event. So 20 rooms left. We'd love to see you guys come and party. Hang out with us this May, June in Miami Beach. Discover the remarkable journey of Anonymous John. No one likes feeling alone, anxious, or overweight. But John refused to let his circumstances define him. When his weight ballooned to a staggering 600 pounds, he made a choice to take control of his life. He began documenting his journey in his journal, and after shedding his first 103 pounds, he decided to share his story with the world. Through his journal, he offers inspiration and hope to anyone struggling with similar challenges. If you're looking to be inspired and uplifted, the Anonymous John podcast is for you. Join us on this journey of transformation and visit our website, theanonymousjohn.com. Bent hips slightly raised and um, increased to, to, for comfort to increase the angle of her hips. Place a pillow underneath if you want or leave it flat and then you enter her from behind. Yeah, I don't know that I necessarily agree with the uh, the, the knees bent, you know, hips raising. I, I, for me, I'm like the full flat, you know, just like flat, flat. Okay, you want a flat, flat iron. Why do you like it? Yeah. Well, there's one. There's really only one reason for it is it's a, it's a position of power and it also, well, sorry, the one other reason is that it's, it's 
you know, it's not only your vagina that I'm involved with here. Now I'm talking, we're now talking about your legs being together. So your legs are tight, tightly pressed as well. So it's really just intensifying the tightness and, you know, and also the wetness. And also on, you know, my, you know, my pubic region is rubbing against your sexy ass as well. So that's something else that does it for me. <laughs> Apparently it's doing for you. We're getting a, we're getting the sh- sh- feedback. So I think you got a bit hot and heavy on the other end of the line here, D. The shush, shush, shush. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Didn't even realize I was shush, shush, shushing. And my last position is one that I chose because we do this on a. Are we up to seven already? Yeah, this is my last one. Oh wow! Yeah, is that because we had some crossover? Yes, it's because we had some crossover. Um, oh, my well, my that's last good. one. At least we've got some crossover. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, yeah. What have we got? Like two or three, two or three out of the seven. I think we had some crossover. But this is my last one. Maybe you, it's. I don't think this will be in your top ten. For me, this is a good one for. Um, intimacy if also you just kind of want to reconnect sometimes you can throw a leg over as well it also is because I love my neck being kissed and breathed on um, and all of those types of things so this is the sleeper hold um, or aka spooning basically the spoon so spoon fucking in bed on your side um, him from coming up from behind you like I said you can have a leg, you can have a leg over if you want and expose uh, your pussy to play with, or you can just leave it so that your spooning doesn't really matter. But um, it's a good, good position if you just want to kind of like catch up and, you know, kind of like a nice little wake up player. Like I said, you can throw, throw a leg over and if you want, play a little uh, clit uh, stimulation at the same time. It's almost like everything revolves around this whole clit stimulation. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm I'm talking about multiple opportunity play here. That's what I'm about. It's like multiple opportunity play. And I must also admit, you've mentioned having access to the asshole one or two times now. So you're. It's exactly twice. You're all about multiple opportunity play too. I feel like. Mm, No, no, just about your asshole. (laughs) That's my seventh one. Does that even come in your top ten? Uh, yes, it would be in my top 10, but certainly not toward the top of my top 10. Yeah. It'd probably be in the lower, it'd be in the lower half for sure. Interesting. Okay. I didn't, depending I didn't think. Depending on the, I mean, it just depends on the, the evening, you know, it depends on what, you, I mean, I, I wouldn't think it's not really something that I would do in a play session with another couple. Oh, oh no. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. I would do that if we both wanted to watch. You like if I wanted to watch you with somebody else, and they they also wanted to watch that, then I would possibly do that. Then, actually, I think I I early on I I vaguely remember us doing this play whilst we were in same room sex with another couple, and I think he was either doing her dog his only partner doggy or missionary or something, and we were lying on our sides fucking watching. And so you're probably right. Like it's it's good for a play session if maybe you and your partner want to watch the other couple fucking or maybe you're late in a play session you've been you've swapped around a little bit and you've had three or four positions and then you're kind of like laying there chillaxing and then decide to maybe go for one more session yeah absolutely i i think um when you're you know especially for me if i've uh, finished maybe once or maybe twice even but are still erect and interested I'll, um, and you're still playing on the other side of the bed with somebody else, then it's an, it's a nice sort of gentle way for, for me to play some more with the lady. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, any more positions on your list? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's at least a, well, at least one more, and that is uh, shower sex. Ah, shower sex. Tell us about the yeah. shower sex. Well, and and in it, I mean, there's certainly at least two ways that that I've been in, or we've been involved in this. One of them is from behind. That's pretty cool, you know. Like just it's sort of a standing standing doggy style. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. And the next one would be just a, a leg up, you know, one leg up scenario where where you've got a leg almost up under my under my armpit with one leg still on the ground while I'm fucking you. That's pretty cool as well. So I like both of those, but I'll just group that under shower sex. <laughs> shower sex, yep. And yep. Uh, we used to do sh- – we, we have a pretty large shower here in Singapore, actually. It's probably enough for – you could probably hold an orgy in there, but I don't know. How, how often do you think we use shower sex in our repertoire? Not very regularly, and that's probably got something to do with the fact that the hot water in our shower is fucking terrible. That's true, actually. I think if the because uh, we have two shower sections, and I think if the rain shower worked better, it'd be definitely more often in the repertoire. Well, the rain the rain shower for the for those of you who don't understand the world that is Singapore, the rain shower in our bathroom or in our shower is fantastic in that it is not hooked up to hot water, and that is because in Singapore the water in the walls is generally pretty warm. But you know, when I like a hot shower, I like a proper hot shower, mm-hmm. not a sort of lukewarmy middle of the road hot shower exactly so shower sex yeah. any other sex positions from you today d um i think i've covered uh, you know certainly some of my tops excellent you'll notice that 69 wasn't in there d why was 69 not in there for you explain it to me 69 69 not in there for one simple reason and i think that's because it's uh, it's a good fun move but it's not something that will get anyone toward the top end of enjoyment you know the top end of town it's not at the same time <laughs> it's pretty hard well, not even at the same time i don't i think it's pretty rare that even one person get off because generally you're concentrating on what you're doing as well as trying to get off and it doesn't i just don't think that works well it certainly doesn't work for me yeah i think it's a good starter it's kind of like a it's kind of like a party trick almost like you pull it out of your bag of tricks I think visually it can be quite stimulating for the guy, the girl, you know, depending on whether he's on his back, she's on her back. Um, you know, obviously you can do it either way. Most people, when they think 69, they think the guy's on his back and the girl's on top, but you can actually do it the other way around. So do experiment with that a little bit. But, yeah. You can do it laying side by side. Side by side, you know, top and tail. But that's not the – the problem for me is that I, I don't ever feel like an, I can accurately get get myself to a region of the – of the pussy to get, you know, either a good stimulation on the clitoris or, and because of the way you're, the way you're situated, it's also very hard to get a finger stimulation of the G spot or anything else for that matter. So I always feel like I'm doing half a job when I'm involved in, in a 69. Yeah, me too. I always feel like I'm doing half a job or I'm only getting half the the pleasure and the stimulation as well. I think also like height plays a big deal into this too, right? Like if you've got two pretty mismatched people in terms of height, like I'm just thinking about the couples that we see here in Singapore where you might have like a Caucasian guy who's quite tall and then perhaps an Asian lady who might be shorter. I mean, their version of a 69 is quite tough, right? Because it's not 
it's not equally matching up in terms of their height and the ability to do that. So I think, yeah, it's a nice party trick, but probably we'd use it maybe at the start of play to fool around a little bit, but we certainly wouldn't settle there and we'd move on pretty quickly, I imagine. Yeah, so that's like our start play. Then we have like penetrative sex in the middle and then we finish with the front-facing anal that we are talking about. <laughs> Is that right? That's basically, yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> that's our, uh, that's Tuesday night? That's repertoire, yep. Tuesday night. So that's uh, everything for today's 69 Sex Positions podcast, guys. Thanks for hanging in with us. Um, as we mentioned before, we do have some audio at the end of this podcast from two of our friends that came to the Perth pub crawl, one couple from Brisbane, which you'll hear, or Brizzy in Australia, and another couple from Perth, Western Australia. These guys have been on our podcast before. They've also been on a number of other podcasters, and you'll see them on Twitter as well, and we'll mention their details in the link. But uh, really Really appreciate you guys hanging out with us today and talking about sex positions. Send us your favourites or your least favourites. Maybe that's I think, a cool one. Uh, I think you missed something there as well. It's called Bris Vegas. What did Just I say? Saying. You said Brizzy. Brizzy, Bris Vegas. Yeah, but Bris, Bris Vegas you forgot. So, you know, just throwing it out there. Yeah, all right. Somebody once said to me, like, forgot. why is it Bris Vegas? And I said I have no idea. Because it's Brisbane, but, you know, it's like Vegas. It's is where it all though? the parties happen. <laughs> That's an outright lie. Uh, if you're heading down to Australia, send D and I an email. We'll tell you where to go. We are actually from Brisbane uh, officially. Well, technically. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm from whoa, Brisbane. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. D's yeah. from a much, much loserish ville than Brisbane. But, hey, you know, you can't hold that against him. He's a good guy, guys. Just, you know, don't stop sending the hate mail. Okay. He loves it. And stop trying to 69 me, you weirdos. And stop trying to 69 him in the street. It gets awkward. That's something that we didn't actually choose, and we haven't done this yet, but I was looking at the sex positions today, and one is standing 69. And I yeah, would no, like, we're not doing that. No, I want to try. I want to try, but I'm a little bit concerned about breaking my neck. So if you all, if, if you don't hear from us again, if the podcast goes dead, something happens and we stop replying on Twitter, it's because we tried the standing up 69, um, see fell on her neck, and uh, that was the end of that story. That's all she wrote, folks. Well, she fell on her head and that broke her neck. neck yeah, yeah, fell on her neck, broke her neck. Yep. <laughs> so you can catch us on Twitter at, at SwingDownUnder. This is C. And this is D. Ciao, Mabella. <laughs>
but you could still see whatever else was happening around the place as opposed to it being really separated. Yeah, and I suspect that the time of night makes a difference too because there wasn't anyone else there at that first one, whereas at the last one, the bar had quite a lot of people in when we walked in. So it's going to be more difficult to sort of know where your group is and have everyone together. Yeah, and the second venue we missed, we'd, that's the one we'd been to before, we missed out a little bit of what was happening there because we called a screaming halt to have some food with another couple. So Yeah, so two of, two couples stayed downstairs and ordered some food, which is a really good move because I'd gotten to the top of the stairs when Mrs B said, oh, no, I'm going to get food, and I just pivoted on my foot and went, yep, because I'm probably likely to fall down these stairs if I try going down many later. So, yes. So that was worthwhile. Yeah, definitely a good thing. And what did you think of the people? So this was a group that was uh, had nominated interest and vastly more interest than there was spaces available and C&D and whoever else had gone through and picked the people. What did you think of that group? I thought it was great. Um, we've been to maybe two meet and greets before in Perth and I don't think we met anybody the same had, who had been to those things. So it was nice to meet a different group of people. Nice age range. I didn't feel like an old duck, which I had thought I might. And just really welcoming and fun. It was great. Yeah, and there were some benefits to actually meeting a few of the group earlier on in the evening, which was what the other podcast that was being done was about. Uh, and so that was a really good good thing as well, I thought. Yeah, so we were lucky enough to be involved in that, which was fantastic, just to have a few drinks and meet a few people. It made me less... Um, I don't think I'm very good at this stuff, going into a big group of people that I don't know and trying to just meet people and, you know, just be friendly and not worry about whether or not they're going to think you're trying to be sleazy or any of that sort of stuff. So having a smaller group and being able to just socialise a bit beforehand was fantastic. And it was really interesting for me because we had a guy come over who'd heard us on probably By the Buys podcast, I think, and just wanted to say g'day and said he'd been going through all these podcasts in rapid succession because his work allowed him to do that. So that was nice to have someone come over to do that. And I'm sure C&D get that all the time, but that was another opportunity just to have something to chat to someone about and get to meet someone who's another really nice person. So that was good. Following on from the three pubs, we all, not all of us, sorry, a bunch of us climbed aboard the Limbusine and headed off to the club. What did you think of that ride? It was great. It was good having... The different situation, it's not a noisy, well, it had music, but it's not a noisy dark club. So people could sit in different spots, chat to someone different. It was interesting to see how people grouped or didn't group. And the poll was funny. Great to have the opportunity of a poll just to provide some entertainment, really. And there was some pretty good entertainment. Jay from Swinging Out West was probably the pole dancing queen, I think. We were pretty impressed. So, yeah, the ride overall was great. Good fun. Didn't have to drive. And yeah. it kept the group together. So there's no kind of wind down while you're in the car driving yourself or in separate taxis driving yourself to the club. It's really good. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because I think Jay from Swing Out West certainly did wind things up yes. at Tadmore. So, yeah, that's a good point. And the club itself. So this was a club that we'd never been to before. We'd been on the Friday night to the other club, major club in Perth. So I think there's probably three or four now, but two major ones. And this one was this one's a new one as in relatively new built and everything, so it's it's um, nice and fresh. What did you think of the club? Yeah, I thought it was – I really liked the way that it was set up as a nightclub, so there's dancing and lights and music. I liked that. Um, I would have liked a tour, but I understand that it, it's very difficult when you've got a bunch of people arriving at once. I would maybe have liked 
even to be able to pick up a piece of paper. If they just handed you a bit of paper and said, look, we'd normally give you a tour. There's so many people arriving at once. Here's just a basic floor map that says you are here. Here's the loos. Here's the playrooms. This playroom has an open door policy, whatever. Just the basics. Which yeah, yeah. people might not look at depending on their level of inebriation or whether their care factor, really, but I would have liked. Yeah, I agree. And I think it was a great venue. Uh, it did have a range of rooms and a great area and all that sort of stuff. I found the um, action around near the, not lockers, they were more pigeonhole, large pigeonholes, whatever those are called. Yeah, where people were changing and Where people were stuff. putting their stuff, where they were also getting changed as well. That was quite entertaining as well. And I think it was a really great venue and a good pick. But as you said, that question about what to do in what areas did lead us a little astray. Stray is probably not the right word, but it was... So we all tried to cram into it. So let me take a step back. There was a bunch of us, four couples, um, chatting, and that was really good. We probably did less exploring because we were more grouped together with that group. Yeah, early formed group. Yeah, so we were chatting to them, and then I'm not even sure who came up with the idea, but it was brilliant to probably head to a room and try one out, and we all tried to cram into a room that was way too small and then had to try and back out of that. I was at the back end, so I didn't really see inside even. But then we headed to another room and we're playing there. But apparently it was an open room. So we only... We had the door closed. Yeah, we had the door closed. We had other people in there who we didn't know, which probably wouldn't have been our choice, but that was the way things were rolling. And then one of the lovely ladies working behind the bar came and bellowed at us that, this was an open room and we couldn't close the door and those sorts of rules that we just didn't know about. And wiser heads might have tried to find that stuff out first. We probably should have. Uh, but we probably weren't thinking along those lines at that point when we first arrived. So something simple might be, a, like you say, as a simple A5, just saying, here's a quick map, here's the rules for each room. Yeah, because when I mean, we're not experienced club people, that's unusual for us to choose to go and we haven't been very often, let alone played in them. So you live and learn. Yeah, and I think out of the whole set of things, that's a pretty minor thing to have an issue with. Um, was not long after that we decided to move on and went back to someone else's hotel, which was really lovely as well, which is a nice end to the night. The other highlight for me... which the morning. Yeah, well, it ended up being a very late one. Yes, that's true. And the other bit that I find is a particular highlight, which wipes out any slight bit of issue with the uh, bedroom or the room issue, was having a lovely younger lady come up to me and say we didn't get to play together and we should do that in the future which made me go hell yeah so that's our quick wrap up anything else you wanted to cover in that no i don't think so so thanks c and d probably more particularly c because i understand that she did a lot of the, the work on pulling this together it's a massive effort to do from a distance and that's a you know the outcome was absolutely amazing and i think there's a whole bunch of people in Perth, who have now got connections to a whole bunch of other people and probably got stories to tell as well. So thanks very much for a great night and a fantastic pub crawl. And if we were going to, um, if if anyone was wondering whether, well, is it worth it and were you going to do it again? Well, if the opportunity came up, most definitely we would be on the list to come again. And we travelled a fair way to attend the event. And we had a great time. Yeah, and we'd certainly travel it again. So thanks, C. Thanks, D. Thanks very much. Catch you later. See ya. Hi, I'm B. And I'm S. And we're here to tell you about our little adventure we had last weekend that 
was one of many firsts. So we were lucky enough to go to mm. Perth for the um, Perth pub crawl that C&D organised, yeah. which was quite impressive and it was great fun. And um, the amazing thing for us is we, we're Queenslanders and I just happened to be working over there for two weeks in southwest Western Australia and um, and then we found this was on. And the Lions were playing the following day. That's right, so on the like Sunday. And they won, by the, the way. And they won. <laughs> Which was surprising. But um, but anyway, but on the Saturday night, on the Saturday, we um, we managed to go on the Perth pub crawl. But Which, what did we do before that? So beforehand, we... Um, oh, yeah, we stayed at the same place that C&D were at. And yeah. so we um, had it caught up with, with, with C&D and also Rocket and Naughty. And also the um, S and J from the Swinging Out West. West crew, and um, and oh, I can't remember his name. Fell from the he organised, yeah. but he was yeah, he's and he was a lovely fellow. But I can't yeah. remember his name, so I'm my sorry apologies. about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we 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 got we caught up with all our crew at the and and um, and that was really nice. And we got to really participate nice. in the podcast. In the podcast, yes. So that was a first. That, that was, was one first. of our firsts. I know, and. Um, and so, anyway, so we did all that. We turned up upstairs. Remember, everyone else was all glammed oh, up. Yeah, and we we're, were all there. glammed up, and here we are, El Cajo. And I was there in my Birkenstocks, and <laughs> yeah, I was there in my skirt <laughs> and, and then, um, very conservative but, looking. But it was all, but it was all, it was all good. And so we had, we had a great time. And then um, we did. Oh no! What, what? What? Rocket and I decided to show our boobies. Oh yes, that was okay. Oh yes, that yeah, was... that sort of broke the ice a bit. Totally appreciated. From our end, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> and um, but yeah, so so we met the, the we, we met all these people and, it, and they were all lovely and um, and it was kind of like we were, like we were kids like I was a kid in a candy shop. And oh, so, you were yeah. definitely a kid yeah. in a candy shop. And um, but anyway, the um, it was so good putting faces to names. Yes, so our, all our Twitter friends. Yeah. Yes, so we um. So yeah, so we did we did all that and we had a nice time and caught up and then we went out on the on the um, the pub crawl Which and the fun. pub crawl was great fun and so we um, that was where it sort of went on a little, little bit more yeah and we um, a lot we, of meeting and greeting a lot of meeting and greeting a lot of money laundering a lot of money laundering <laughs> <laughs> With the fake money. oh yes oh sorry yes that's right I got some I got um <laughs> yes I got I got Miss B over here and um, Rocket to kiss that was my first little my first little how many um, times ten bribe. times. <laughs> <laughs> that was my, my my one party trick, and and um, I did the party trick. Yes, I know. I, I had the money. I had the I had the magic money. Show me the money. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then yes, yeah, so, and so we we ended up. We went back to the club. Yeah, so we went to we went to a few different bars, and then we ended up going to the club, which was all fun. And then we went to a little um, found a room and did what we do. Had a little and, play, yeah, and then um. Went back to our hotel. Well, no, it all sort of started, it was sort of like finished, we sort of thought. And then Naughty said, he whispered to me, he goes, do you want to see if we can go back to each one of each other's places? And and he went and had a little chat and I had a little chat to you. And then that was a big first because we've never done that. That was ever. a first. That was a first. And it was nice. It was really nice. Yeah, I really it was really good. It. I was a bit, I, I was part, I was, um, I get all a bit overexcited and got a bit Yeah, a bit overwhelmed. <laughs> but I was good. It was good. And it was, it was really lovely. And they were lovely, lovely people. They were really yeah, lovely. So, um, so that was nice yeah. to do that first week. Yeah, yeah. It was lovely people. To, 
Um, and what else was it? And then the following day, do we want to talk about the following day already? The following day, the following day. It took about like four days to recover. No, I'm talking about the football. <laughs> oh. oh, well, you made me walk four kilometres to the stadium. And I was a bit sore from the night before, yeah. but that doesn't matter. That yeah. was like, but it was sore in a nice yeah. way. It was a nice way, yeah. So we went to the football and then we had another nice afternoon because our Lions beat the Dockers, which yes. was um, surprising, but it was also We were there nice just essentially to see the, sa- the stadium. First. Yeah. Oh, that was another first, <laughs> so yeah. Good. But anyway, I, um, I think we've probably... Talked enough? No, you never talk enough. <laughs> <laughs> and but anyway, so so I want I, I want to say a big thank you to to C and D. It was lovely to meet you both, and also to um to Naughty Rocket as well, and and the other guys we yeah. that we met. All it was the, just and so the, the, lovely. The just swinging out with crew, S and yeah. J. Um, it was so lovely to put faces to names, and everyone yeah. was just so friendly. Yeah, and so um. So C and D, thank you so much for organising everything, and thank you thank for you. Let, letting us be part of your podcast. And yes. um, we hope to see you soon. Definitely. Thank you. Okay, bye. Hey guys, it's C here again. Just real quickly, I actually wanted to cover a topic that is a little bit near and dear to my heart. I was having a chat to some of our friends over in the States. Uh, you may know them as the Italian couple. And I was talking to Nick about the reasons why we podcast. And I guess you could almost kind of classify this a little bit as a social media buzz section if you really want to and like hold me to my segments. But I was chatting to Nick about why, why do you and I podcast? You know, really what it means for us to podcast, put this out there, you know, have, have our voices out and our opinions out there in the ether and have, you know, people listening. And I guess this kind of came about because there's been a, a lot of discussion around, you know, listeners, what listeners value in podcasts, what people want to hear, um, you know, awards for podcasting and participation and, and what, you know, really what you guys get out of it. I mean, there's so many voices out there. There was a recent post on uh, Twitter where someone said, and well, they gave some feedback and they were saying, you know, podcasts these days, they, they're kind of saying the same thing, but in their own flavor. Another person felt that podcasters, you know, quote unquote, seem to be know-it-alls. Um, you know, really interesting perspectives. And I sat back and I, I really thought about it. And of of course, some of the circumstances surrounding our podcast are our thoughts and our feelings, and some may resonate with some people and, and not with others, or some may be similar to your journey or completely far and separated from, from your own journey. And I guess from my perspective, that's one of the values of having such a broad spectrum of voices out there in the world, such a diverse range of people's opinions, because, you know, whilst one person or one podcast may not be to your journey or your liking or may not resonate with you. You're bound to find somebody else out there who really is actually speaking to you and, and can resonate with you. So I was chatting to Nick about this, uh, you know, D and I and our journey for our podcasting journey has been quite, quite a big one. And, and yet we keep going and, and really it came down to having this discussion. I, I actually made a few notes because it kind of hit me like a bit of a wow factor. But we were talking about, you know, what have we accomplished over the past few years of podcasting? And for me, it has been a lot about, and we have this term, you know, we always say the community, the community this, the community that. But to me, to be able to actually be far removed uh, in a country here in Singapore, but have friends 
who I, I value deeply all over the world, who I could uh, go and stay with at their house, no problems, who would lend me money if I needed it, who would be a shoulder to cry on if I needed it. That's kind of what we always say about this this whole idea of the community. But then Nick brought something to my attention and he said, you know, the podcast, you know, is, is great, fine, but in actual fact, it's everything outside of the podcast that defines why you would continue to do this. And so you know, we were chatting about this and I was sitting back going, yeah, you know, you're right. And it hit me like a brick. He said that some people may have made friendships out of your podcast. Some people may have attended one of your events and met lifelong friends. Other people may have learned and attended their own journey or maybe decided what they like or don't like. And so these were the kind of things that really just, I thought to myself like, yeah, okay, that's that's actually really interesting. It's not necessarily the, the podcast in an essence in itself, it's everything else that comes along with it. And, you know, even I was saying to, the, to some friends recently, they host events, they host pub crawls too. And I said, really, does it blow your mind that you may have actually connected two people, four people, six people, whatever the case. And you may have connected people on a level that these people have impacted each other so much that they're going to be friends for the rest of their life or pants on pants off friends, um, whatever the case may be. And I thought, Jesus, that's just crazy to even think about. So I guess that's just some of my thoughts on on why we podcast, uh, why we continue to podcast. But also, um, interestingly, one of our fellow podcasters just actually today, uh, Normalizing Non-Monogamy, posted up a about a podcast they'd been listening to. And this lady's called Paula Pant. Um, she does this podcast called Afford Anything. And the particular episode that Finn was sharing was about being able to be authentic. And Dee and I talk about this a lot, you know, how to remain authentic, how to give our opinion and be authentic, but also give our opinion in a way that's not in your face, you know, that's not suggesting that our opinion is the only opinion or the right way to go about swinging or joining the lifestyle or non-monogamy or the vanilla life or whatever it may be. And in this episode, uh, Paula describes uh, three things about authenticity. And a few of them, I mean, these are, these are really super interesting, but one of them resonated with me and I kind of just wanted to share it because I know that, you know, a lot of our listeners, you are in some way creating something in your everyday life, maybe through your work, maybe you're writing, maybe you're blogging. Um, you know, it could be anything that you're out there doing. And one of the items that she says is you're responsible for what you do. You're not responsible for how you're viewed. And that resonated with me because of this whole uh, post the other day about, you know, podcasters being know-it-alls. And I thought, you know, it, it hit me. I thought, wow, that's that's kind of terrible. I, I Gosh, I hope people don't really think that, that, that podcasters think they know it all because I know everybody is is genuinely just telling their story and, and in the hope that it that it may help well, I guess even just one person. Um, I know that's why that's why we started. We were like, if we get one listener that you know thinks that we can help them, that's amazing. And so I was sitting there thinking about it, a little bit glum, like this is a bit crappy. If 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 that's really how this this podcasting community is viewed, that you know we're these know it alls. And then I thought, well, hold on a second. You do need to remain authentic. You need to have an opinion and a voice, but at the same time, respect other people's opinions and respect other people's 
voices. And so you don't alter your own, but certainly, you know, you do put it out there in a manner that, that is respectful without seeming like this, uh, this know-it-all. So I really liked that. You're responsible for what you do. You're not responsible for how you're viewed. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's something that I just wanted to kind of catch up with you all about and chat about. And thank you so much, everybody, for uh, writing in recently. We've had some really amazing emails. I want to shout out real quick to two uh, new unicorns, hopefully to the lifestyle scene in Sydney, A and S. Now, I've been emailing with these girls backwards and forwards. They're going to actually go to an Our Secret spot, meet and mingle, I hope, soon, and dip their toes into the non-monogamy lifestyle as unicorns in Sydney. So I'm super, super excited for that. And also, don't forget, I, I mentioned it earlier, Earlier in this episode, we do have already a few interviews underway, but Dee and I are releasing what we hope to be a really special segment, and we want to share and showcase how cultural diversity and sexual diversity happen in different countries, and we're going to get really into the nitty-gritty. We actually have a interview coming up that we're going to record this Sunday. We'll launch it in about two weeks' time, and this is with a Kiwi manicorn who is quite the little kinkster, and the reason we want to interview him is because we want to bring flavor to the podcasting community, to the listeners out there, to help you kind of branch and grow and understand how different cultures approach sexuality, how different cultures approach sex in general. You know, we talk a lot about how you would lose your virginity at what age, you know, what religion plays into how you feel about yourself. How do you look in the mirror and see yourself and look at you know, your pussy, for example, and think, yes, it's beautiful and I'm beautiful. Or some cultures don't even look at themselves and haven't even masturbated or used toys and these types of things. Some people grow up in really conservative lifestyles. Other people grow up in very open lifestyle, very open families where they do talk a lot about sex. And so we really wanted to bring that flavor out. And so we are looking for people all around the world and we're hoping for a lot of cultural diversity here. So if you are born in uh, something that you think would be interesting for other people to, to know about, religion, whatever it might be, any country around the world, of course, we do only speak English, so I apologize. Uh, it would need to be in English that we'd have a chat, but uh, please do send us an email on cnd at swingingdownunder.com, and we'd love to email and interview you over Skype, and we'll talk about anything that you are comfortable with, but please help us to showcase, you know, your beautiful culture to the rest of the world and how that's impacted your sexual exposure and sexual experiences. Uh, we really want to do that. And guys, of course, as always, please do try and follow us on Twitter if you're there at Swing Down Under. And of course, please do rate us uh, on any of the feedback locations, uh, ratings where you actually have downloaded this podcast on any of your podcast catches. Of course, iTunes is there for you as well. And we always appreciate the heck out of those. So thank you again for listening. This is C from Swinging Down Under. I just wanted to kind of throw that last segment in there as a little bit of a nugget of surprise. I really appreciate you listening. Have a great day, guys. Bye.